0: Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Welcome, this is Bakes, Kevin Baker with the Stock Market Authority. I am thrilled to be back in the saddle again. Uh, here at Studio 21, my producer Chrissy, she's been putting up with my Luddite tendencies, and uh, we're finally back uh, up and running. And I thank everybody, uh, Leah and uh, uh, my boys, especially Bobby and Jack, who've been helpful with this. Uh, this is who, and I do it for them. Uh, they would ask me investing questions when they were in college, and uh, and then their friends would join in, and then it's grown to this. So uh, we've been doing this you know, coming up on two years now. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, the guitar work is really outstanding in this. I think that was me in the basement in the middle of COVID with my my uh, my son taping me. Uh, anyway, uh, before I forget, please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Please sign up for my free newsletter. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel and podcast wherever you podcast, and uh, follow me on on, uh, on social media. I want to meet you wherever you are. Uh, and and my uh, my what i'm going to cover here today is first of all the title your stocks don't care about politics let me say that again your stocks don't care about politics your politics or anybody else's or the elections that are coming up next week which is the reason why i'm covering this because i've been getting so many questions uh about this it just it doesn't matter and i'm going to prove it to you uh in in the next few moments uh, number two, our, our second segment is mailbag, which is my favorite. you know you firing questions to me at bakes uh, at stockmarketauthority.com dot com or at bakes takes underscore on Twitter, whatever you want to do, and uh, we're going to talk about uranium. I haven't talked about that in a while, but Murph brought it up, so here we go. not that Murph my the dog that's in the in the studio um and, uh, and the number three we 're going to go through the portfolio, and the reason I kept doing this with having you know all kinds of things that have delayed and, and, and uh, caused problems is uh, it 's working i didn 't know it was going to work, but we 're up in a down market and, and My whole thing is you know, can you make money in up and down markets and we 're doing it it isn 't bragging we 've done it, and uh, I think that it 's a value. And I want to present it to you. And then I'm going to finish off with a flourish, uh, with a conversation I had with my, uh, my brother and uh, 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 something that's going to lift you up. I'm always going to finish with something that'll lift you up. I'm a pretty positive guy. And uh, I want to, uh, you know, lift you up as well. All right. Your stocks don't care about politics. And here's the, the, uh, the first long-term chart that we have here. This is the S&P 500 versus all of the presidents. And, and bear with me. I'm going to say something that's maybe controversial. It shouldn't be. Stocks drive elections and presidents and parties, not the other way around. I'm going to say that again. It's stocks that drive politics, not the other way around. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people on both the left and the right that, that, that argue with me. Well, I'm going to show you that it doesn't. Stocks are a reflection of social mood. It's millions and millions of people that are feeling either... Uh, optimistic or pessimistic about the future and the companies they own and reflected in values. And uh, if it's up, the guy stays in because it's presidents. And, uh, if, if, stocks are down and your wallet feels empty and your belly feels empty, you want to throw the bum out. So let's go to, to the ultimate, uh, 1929. The, the Dow was at 381, and, uh, and Hoover was in office. Uh, the, the, the crash happens in 1929, and stocks bought him in 1932 at 42. So, what did they do? Hoover gets thrown out as violently as he possibly can be, and the, the market and the voting population says, We want who is ever more different than him. FDR steps in. FDR comes in in 1942. Sorry, it, at, with the Dow at 42. The market goes up fivefold in the next five years in the middle of the Great Depression. People don't realize that. It's one of the greatest bull markets ever. So people love FDR, the New Deal. The New Deal gets the credit. It was going to happen anyway. Uh, it's it's the, the social mood changed, and we're going to start to move up from those ridiculously depressed levels in 1942. FDR was in office not only for his first term, his second term. His third term, his fourth term, he's riddled with polio and, and, and not functioning well at all, and he dies in office. So the bull market was so strong that they wanted FDR in forever. If, if, if he had lived, if there was some technology to make him live, he would still be the president of the United States. I believe that fervently. So let's keep going. Uh, Truman, Eisenhower had bull markets post the war. The boys come back, G.I. Bill, chicken in every pot, uh, and, and uh, 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 Chevrolets and, and uh, uh, refrigerators. Things are good, and so they stay in. Uh, next, uh, Kennedy gets elected in 1960, and arguably the most uh, revered, uh, uh, cherished president in the United States. The bull market is so strong in the 60s that Kennedy... Is, is assassinated in 1963 with Walter Cronkite shocking everybody with this horrific news that we couldn't even imagine. And the market hardly blinked. It was down about a percent for a day or two, and then it kept marching on. And then Johnson comes in, guns and butter, uh, up until 1968, and uh, and he leaves. Nixon comes in, about as different from Johnson as you can possibly ask. Now, this is where it gets really cool, I think. Um, stocks uh, get crushed in 73 74 uh, inflation's raging uh, the economy's lousy oil what have you uh, nixon resigned in, in august 1974 so that he couldn't get he wasn't going to get impeached now i believe that if he had a bull market watergate wouldn't have thrown him out but because the trend was so negative and people were so angry and depressed and disappointed they just they threw him out Ford was a was a was a uh, you know a lame duck. Carter comes in in seventy six, nice man, but again about as different as you can get from a Michigan football player. You go to the peanut farmer in 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 Georgia, President Carter. Seventy six to eighty, oil embargo, Iran hostage, just an absolute disaster, and uh, stocks go down. And uh, uh, you know if you if the market's down, you get one term, and they throw you out, and then the world. And the voting population says, who's the most different? Let's go 3,000 miles to the left, to the west, to Reagan, a movie star, and let's bring him in. And um, the uh, uh, Volcker is lowering interest rates. Stocks are starting to go up, and uh, uh, he uh, is gets in. They break a 1,000 to the upside for the first time in forever. That lid is finally gone, and we're off to the races. It's a bull market. Eighty-four, he wins in a landslide, wins 49 states versus Mondale. So again, stocks are driving the politics, stocks are driving the politics, not the other way around. Bush was the vice president, the market's still okay in 1988, and so he gets in. This is Herbert Walker. Uh, but he has a bad stock market, the savings and loan crisis, and he lasts one term, we threw him out. And they look for the most different thing they possibly can find. An Arkansas governor named Bill Clinton sure fits the boat. He comes in, and uh, uh, 92 to 2000, the tech boom, what have you, internet, the bubble, stocks rip, and he gets through. And his Watergate, Monica Lewinsky, wasn't strong enough to defeat the bull market, and so he stays in. And people will forgive a lot of things. If, if their wallets are full and their bellies are full. And we see it time and time again, and it happened here. Uh, Bush comes in, the second Bush, 2000 to 2008. The great financial crisis hits, and so you got to get rid of him, even though he had absolutely nothing to do with it. It ensured the Democrats come in, and again, let's go, instead of having a Texas oil man, let's find a lifetime politician, a black uh, politician up in, in uh, Chicago, Barack obama he comes in the 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 uh quantitative easing and all the things the Federal Reserve did, which really drives stock markets uh, uh, gives him a a tailwind that lasts for for eight years he stays in and then you know frankly uh, clinton and and Trump are so polarizing that they're uh, personalities frankly snatched defeat from the jaws of victory they had up markets but enough people didn't like them the deplorables and or the left and so they didn't win now Biden I think Biden's going to make Carter look good uh, you know if if the market continues to, to decline from here and it might not it might not but you know right now uh, he's in very very tough shape and we have the elections coming up and I think it's going to uh, uh, you know, be a, a, a red wave. Frankly, I'm not investing like that, though. I want you to hear me that the the stock is the, the stocks are driving the politics, not the other way around. And I don't want you to do anything. I want you to vote your conscience and and do your civic duty and and vote in the things that you believe in, but don't invest with those. It just doesn't matter one shape or form. And I hope I've shown that to you. Here's another way of looking at it. Uh, the, the And by the way, the market's up since Biden took office. People forget that, but he's about as popular as typhoid. His his uh, approval ratings are, are horrible because going up 28 and then down 24 feels so bad to people. Uh, it, it's, it's really kind of shocking. But you have the FDR chart. I know this is tough to see. It's going to be a little bit blurry. But you have the FDR straight up to the right. He stays in for, for, for three-plus terms. And then you see what happens if you have a bad stock market. Carter, uh, uh, Hoover, Nixon, gone. And I think that's probably going to happen to Biden, uh, is, is, my, is my guess. But again, I'm not investing like that. Another thing, oh, the, you know, these uh, uh, bills and political trends are going to help these groups of stocks. Here's the, the news from about a year ago. Biden signs the trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill into law the uh, uh, then you see the stock chart of of what happens with the infrastructure ETF i don't know if you can get that Chrissy the uh, uh, stocks didn't care. You know they peaked on the news and then they faded the news and the infrastructure bills have been lousy investments for the last year and I think the same thing is going to happen with the um, recent semiconductor bill stocks are acting lousy the Intels and what have you Uh, Hillary and healthcare in '94 we we killed a lot of trees. Uh, Spilt a lot of ink, wasted hours that, on conference calls that I'd love to get back. And she was going to take over and revamp healthcare. Nothing happened. We all wasted our time. And if you had just invested based on what the stocks were doing, you'd do a, a much better job. So please do not let politics influence how you invest. Now, here's the next one. The uh, this is the presidential cycle. And uh, uh, J.C. Peretz from All-Star Charts, I'm a fan. Uh, this is something he's been talking about, and a lot of people have been talking about. First of all, congratulations, Morgan and J.C., to your twin boys. That is uh, fabulous, and I can't wait to uh, uh, you know, see you back in the saddle, J.C. But this is the presidential cycle, and this is – is it. Shows on the chart the the trend is more important than the level. The first year is usually the honeymoon. The second year, which we're in now, stinks. And then we start to lift up right around now for a Santa Claus rally for the next two years. It could happen. Uh, there are exceptions to this rule. This is being talked a little bit too much for my liking on Twitter, where I think it's conventional wisdom that um, uh, the the market likes a... Uh, uh, gridlock so the Democratic president Republican Congress no one squanders too much money and it's good for stocks that could play out but I think it's conventional wisdom and so I'm not uh, uh, buying that a thousand percent right now Uh, I am looking at thousands of ETFs and I'm simply not finding a lot of things to buy that play into that thesis. So I'm looking for them. I'm going through them right now. I put, this is Barron's, I put every ETF that's out there into my Marketsmith system, which I really recommend, by the way, uh, Marketsmith. And I go through thousands of ETFs for you so you don't have to every single month. And I'll come back to you with, here are the things that I think we should be investing going forward. But right now, I don't see it. All right, uh, our next segment. This is the mailbag, and this is my – I I love this. Uh, uh, Murph writes in about uh, uranium and uh, asks for an update. I haven't talked about it in a while, uh, and I'm pretty proud of this, and this is a good example of of what we do here. Um, Uranium URNM, this is the the uranium miner's – started talking about this at the very beginning of the show in July of 2020. You see this red arrow here. We bought it at $30, uh, and uh, I had to really up my game on uranium to find out why this bull market was going on. I still think it's a bull market, but I've sold uh, because I have a very strict Technical sell discipline. So here we are. Uranium's at fifty dollars spot. I think we eventually go up to one hundred and fifty, the all-time high, uh, but it's not happening yet. So I invest in the stock market. I have not the one I wish for. And so when this closed below this 200 today on uh, on the chart, and then uh, my sell discipline kicked in, and I sold the remainder back in um, uh, in June. Uh, the average was sixty. When all is said and done. And uh, we doubled our money. And go back and look over those two, that two-year period, how many 100% winners with long-term capital gains did you take? And I like to think that we added value. The other thing I'll point to is uh, I doubt very seriously that any Merrill Lynch or Goldman or, or, or any financial advisor tapped you on the shoulder and said, yeah, you should be 10% in uranium, and here's why. So I like to think I I look uh, around corners a little bit to where people are not looking and give you ideas that you're not going to hear anywhere else, and I hope this uh, 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 fits the bill. Recently, I thought we were going to go for another leg up. Okay, so I'm, uh, I make mistakes, but I make 15% mistakes and then I shoot them. So, uh, I cut my losses here. I am gone, uh, and I'm looking for a re I think the bull market's intact. I think this is ESG personified. Uh, I think nuclear is being rekindled around the world. It's going to be very interesting what happens with, with energy in, um, in uh, Europe, this this uh, this winter, and I think there's a renaissance going on in nuclear, uh, but it's not here yet. And so I look at it every month, and I'm looking to 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 find a reentry point. I just don't see it yet. Uh, next, uh, Sofi uh, uh, Basil. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Basil. Sorry if I'm if I'm if I'm butchering your name. I really apologize. Came into me through YouTube. Uh, thank you for subscribing there. Uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, make a long story short, this is losing money. Uh, the company itself is losing money. There's no end in sight. And in this environment, a fintech that's losing money is, is not going to get any love. Uh, financials are acting lousy, and tech is acting worse. You combine the two, and you have uh, what you have here. I think also the student refi a story that was a big linchpin of the thesis is less attractive now. Biden has has. Forgiven a lot of uh, uh, the the loans, that is being debated and and being challenged in courts, obviously, but also just interest rates. The average interest rate on a student loan is six and three quarters. The if so far you look at it and they can maybe refinance at four and three quarters five, and is that worth it for most of the borrowers out there? I don't know. Do you want to go through the headache of all this to uh, to 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 save that two percent? We'll see what happens. So I think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to be monolithic and and, and improve the income statement that much of SoFi. Uh, Credit quality is going down. Maybe not dramatically, but it's not going up. And so to me, SoFi is dead money. There's no life in this chart. I will alert you if I see anything else, and please fire more questions at me that I can be helpful with. Charlie asked about CDs versus money market funds. And Charlie, and everybody, I keep things really simple. If I want to be safe and liquid, and you want to be safe and liquid, then be safe and liquid. Uh, that means CDs have a have a term, you know, one, two, three years, whatever. And so you lock up the money, you get earn a slightly higher interest rate, and then it matures and you get uh, your, your, your money plus the interest back in a year or two or three. Uh, you know, so a CD might have a 4% interest rate, money markets maybe 3-ish. And is that 100 basis points, 1% worth it to you? It isn't worth it to me. I want to be, I'm 21% in cash in the portfolio, by the way, because I want to be poised to jump on opportunities that that chart work that I suggested brings up. And uh, so for right now, uh, not for me. Uh, Next segment. Uh, Our portfolio, Bakes portfolio, the Stock Market Authority portfolio, which I hope you're following. I'm going to get to that. But first, I wanted to point to this. uh, 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 I'm driving Chrissy crazy here because I'm sending her poor quality uh, images. But uh, this is a, a, a tweet that I really like from Dan O'Shaughnessy. And first of all, he talks about how what we do looking for trends continues to work. And uh, and what's not working is trying to find uh, earnings upside surprises that people are unaware of that drive stock prices going o- away. Uh, and I see uh, firms that have, that relied on upside earnings surprises for their livelihood, and they're gone because full disclosure in in uh, two thousand, maybe two thousand one, but around there. Uh, arbitrage that away. In the good old days, you could go out and don't tell anybody this, kids, but you go to the conferences, you take the CFO out, he'd have an extra scotch, and you kind of got a sense that the earnings were going to be okay. And the guidance was going to be okay, and you smile and you held on to your position or you added to it. Those days are gone. They have to you know, put everything out to everybody, and it's been arbitraged away in Dan O'Shaughnessy's world. So this is one of the best tweets I've seen in a long time. Because it's stapled to Dan Benton's top 20 rules for investing in technology from the 90s. And it's as valid today as it was then. He's a Goldman Sachs analyst. Dan, thank you for your your work. I'm not going to go through all of them. But number one is sell technology stocks when estimates are being reduced. Pretty straightforward, and I can't tell you how many people fight this and say, oh, that's a one-quarter problem, and they'll make it up. It almost never is. Number four on his list is most technology stock ideas are product cycle stories. See Apple. That's exactly what it is, and and you can go through other iterations and other stocks, and so you know, if the product cycle is waning, you got a bad place to be, and don't forget rule number one. All of his rules are worth going through, and I have it here in the show notes for you, but... Uh, I I think that um, I'm going to bring up the earnings coming down, the estimates coming down, in the, uh, in the next uh, in a few minutes, because I think it's, it's very germane to what we we're investing right now. Uh, I think you can crush the pros, and, and here's how. And this is sort of money management confidential, my play on Anthony Bourdain. You know, the, the uh, money management world picks up a lot of stakes off the kitchen room floor and dusts them off and puts them on the plate. Um, number one, I think you have to ignore the indices, and what happens in in the mutual funds, institutional firms, and hedge funds that I've worked in for 25-plus years, there's a portfolio manager, and he has his style and his book, and everybody sort of adheres to that. But they don't really, because then you have a healthcare, a financial, a technology, a retail analyst. And you come you come from different experiences and different things work for you. I had to basically carry charts under my coat because y- y- you had to be a fundamental analyst. And I do that really, really well, but I make sure that I'm doing that fundamental work on, on technical charts that show me that there's something positive going on. And um, so then they say you have to... Comp- compete against the Russell 2000 or the S&P 500 and they hug the indices. You know, if it's 25% of the if technology is 25% of the index, you're going to be 21 29 maybe, but you're not going to be 35 and 15 because it's, it's just if you're wrong, you have a lousy meeting with your your pension consultant uh, client at the, at the end of the year. Uh, so you know they they hug the indices way too much, and then you have to make sure that you get the right stocks in that part of the index, and that your your analyst is good enough so that he can find an extra three four percent over that part of the of the uh, index, so that you outperform. And they just don't do it. We see it time and time again, and the, the graveyard of money management is littered with a lot of this. You don't have to do any of that all you care about and all i care about is i want to make money every single year and that sounds audacious but i just i refuse to do what everybody else did at, 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 on january 2nd to say we're going to lose less than everybody else we're going to have enough cash you know that stays under our mandate so we can be 7% in cash maybe up to 8 and, and then we're going to try and lose less in this. We're going to try and fade technology. We're going to try to get energy up. And it's just, you don't have to do any of that. You just follow the the groups that present themselves. And I'm pretty good at identifying these, I think. So what I do is I go through my thousands of ETFs every single month that cover everything, every country, every commodity Uh, every market cap and there's something going on that's good and out of those thousands of ETFs that I go through for you I find 10 that I think are the best And, and that's how we're doing so here's the portfolio and i uh, pretty proud of this. Uh, and I, I can't be more transparent. This is an actual account. This isn't a model portfolio. This is you know, me putting my money where my mouth is and finding the best ETFs and imparting the discipline that, that I've, I've talked about. We're up 5.83% through the end of October. The S&P is down 18+. And I think that's pretty darn good. And I don't care about relative performance. Here's something to to key in when you listen to the talking heads of CNBC or elsewhere. You know, talking about underperformance, outperformance—that's the institutional game, the pros' game. You know, they get paid to, you know, be down 14 versus down 18 in the S and P. They get high fived and they get to work next year. You know, I want you to be up every single year and compound that. And psychologically you know be a, be on offense all the time be on the balls of your feet all the time and not licking your wounds from god awful mistakes that are down 50 60 70% which is what happens in so many cases so I'm not going to go through all the stocks for the interest of time, but I'm going to go through a few things. Number one is the the ETF, Matthew Tuttle, who we had on the show, great guest, great episode, one of our most popular. Uh, He's now at AXS, and he created this ETF that shorts the SPACs. What are SPACs? Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. And so a Chamath Palahapitiya, I know that's a mouthful. Uh, Would raise hundreds of millions of dollars, a lot of his own money too. To be fair, the stock would be you know would be priced at ten, and then they go look for a a company to acquire. The companies that are getting acquired don't want to go through the Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley investment committee gauntlet. They're lower quality. Period. End of discussion. That's just the way the world works. And so, what Matthew would do would find that the most recent twenty five put those in the ETF, and then see what happens after they de-SPAC. So uh, we bought this, as you can see from the arrow here, July of 2021 at $25. bucks. we are up 73% uh, uh, since inception, and we're up 50% year-to-date. Pretty good, right? I think. And... Um, so how does you know why does this work? I always like to go to see the the top one or two holdings in the ETF exchange traded fund if i didn 't say that before and and see you know does this make sense why this would be going up, why the underlying stocks would be going down the shorts, and why the 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 ETF would be going up This is uh, aurora innovation aUR uh, and this is self driving vehicles i mean this is just classic kind of of 1921 free money activity. We're all going to be sitting in the back seat. We're going to have a, a, a digital chauffeur that carries us around. It's obviously ridiculously complicated to do. We've been talking about this for 10 years. We'll be talking about it for the next 10 years. And so as you see on Aurora, priced at 10, stock goes up 70% when they say, okay, we're going to buy Aurora and, and, and make that into, uh, bring this into the SPAC. 17's the peak, and then all they've been doing is, is incinerating money since then. Uh, we're here at two. And it's the biggest position in, in this particular ETF. And the possibility of going to zero is, not, is there, absolutely, in, in my view. So that's just an example of the kind of things. And again, there isn't a, a financial advisor out there that's going to say, hey, th- I think you should be shorting uh, self-driving vehicles. But you know, I just go where the money is, and I just think this makes sense. Number two. Uh, uh, short the innovation uh, uh, ETF. Now, I'm sure the lawyers tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Hey, I know you're shorting Kathy Woods Ark ARKK, but don't do that. Leave her name out of this." But what did they? They, they short Ark ARKK, the disruptors, the innovators that that uh, that Kathy Wood espouses very vocally and very successfully, but. November 21st, this showed up on my radar screen. We bought it at 34. We're up 73% since inception. Uh, we have another month or so. We're going to have a long-term capital gain that brings the tax bill down if and when we sell it. And I just think it's another example of the kind of things I'm going to be sh- talking about on the show, on the in the newsletter, and when I break in on uh, on videos and social media. And oh, by the way, the, the Sark ETF lifted off, and I bought it, when... Almost to the month when uh, Tesla peaked in November of, of last year, I call this Kathy Woods' cleanest shirt. There's a great uh, Johnny. C- I'm showing you my age. Uh, Johnny Cash song, um, uh, Sunday morning coming down, and he talks about getting his uh, cleanest, dirty shirt to wear. Uh, and this is the best looking stock she has in a list. A list of you know thirty plus really, really ugly charts, in my opinion. Uh, and here the estimates are coming down. It's hard to see in the chart, but we were at six dollars plus in 2023. The estimates came down, are starting to come down, and then the Dan Benton uh, uh, rules that I that I uh, talked about kind of echoes in my head. This is a car company, not a technology company, to me, but it's priced like a technology company. So. Estimates are coming down. This chart is clearly rolling over. Uh, It trades at 38 times that next year number at 585 that they're likely not going to make, in my opinion. It's a car company in a recession and 38 PEs with all those things I just mentioned are going to be tough to sustain anything 's possible, but I doubt it. If it closes below two hundred, you go into one hundred sixty seven. I know a lot of you are, are uh, Elon Musk acolytes uh, he 's a brilliant man, controversial man it 's a great product it 's a great car i don 't think it 's a good stock and, uh, and so via the, the sark ETf we 're participating on that short side. number three: Tecurium agriculture. Uh, back in January, you see this red arrow. We bought it at 22. It owns a fourth of sugar, corn, wheat, and soybeans. Again, no one is came up to you, I don't think, and said, hey, let's go buy uh, the softs, as they call them, the agricultural stocks. Um, we locked in profits on two-thirds of the position thus far. We're up 41% for a long-term capital gain. And do me a favor, be honest with yourself, go back at that prior period, look at your portfolio. Do you have a lot of 41% winners? And if you don't, I'd really you know, appreciate you subscribing and paying attention and sharing what we do here. So our current positioning... We're 68% short SPACs, ARC, emerging markets, especially China, the Qs, which is the, the, the NASDAQ 100, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, et cetera, and Tesla, by the way. Uh, we're short the Russell 2000, the, the small caps. We're short real estate, the financials, and the uh, big European uh, stocks, EFA, uh, E-A-F-E. Uh, we're long uh, agriculture and small-cap energy to the tune of 11%, and we're 21% in cash. So I think we're hedged. I think we're diversified. I think we're nimble. I think we're, we have all kinds of flexibility. And if you think this is uh, something you'd want to uh, have for your own portfolio, at least a portion, then we ought to talk. All right. Uh, lastly, my last segment here. Uh, I used to call this uh, much-needed levity because I go through some heavy stuff. I don't mean to be. I'm a pretty positive guy. I got a phone call this past week, well-timed, by the way, from my brother Kent. said, hey, just thinking of you, I love you, and, uh, and then sent me uh, on my phone Desiderata from Max Ehrman. Why is that? Uh, uh, first of all, I'm very blessed. I'm blessed that my brother wants to do that. I'm blessed that Suze loves me, uh, my lovely wife, Bobby, Jack, my boys, and mom and dad. Dad uh, had Desiderata on his wall forever. And uh, it's, it's from Max Ehrman in 1927. And I think it's uh, absolutely wonderful. Here we go. This is the way I'm going to finish. Uh, I won't be this serious many times, so, so stay with me. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence, as far as possible, without surrender, be in good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others. Even to the dull and the ignorant, they too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons, they are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself." enjoy your achievements as well as your plans keep interested in your own career however humble it is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time exercise caution in your business affairs for the world is full of trickery but let not this blind you to what virtue there is many persons strive for high ideals and everywhere life is full of heroism be yourself especially do not feign affection Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusions of life, keep peace in your soul with all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams. It is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. Please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for my free newsletter. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and podcast. Follow on your favorite social media. Please email me, bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. DM me on Twitter, at Bakes Takes Underscores. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority. I'll see you soon. Keep smiling. I'm Bakes.